Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. And I'm Skylar Sokol. And uh, today we're going to talk about why people play games. Like, why, Skylar? Why do people play games? I don't know. Why, why does this whole industry exist that lets us do this thing that we're doing right now? Yes. And, like, interestingly, too, like, why has this existed for so long, right? Like, you can... There's a plenty of research that shows that humans just have played games forever, right? Like that's true. Games in general, yeah, not just video games, but that's totally true. People, there's like that ancient Egyptian game they found recently that's like super old. There's yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, why do people play games? I don't know. How, where do you want to take this first? Um, well, I think we should probably focus mostly on video games because otherwise we're just just going to go off the rails. <laughs> but maybe if we talk about other stuff later, we can. So. I think, like, I'm curious what, why we play games first, I guess. Why you and I got in, like, maybe why we got into video games originally, and then why we still continue to play games, and maybe whether that shifted. So, do you have any sense of why you, like, first started playing video games? Uh, that's kind of hard. I can kind of chew on that in a second. Is it more clear for you? I mean, I have some initial... I think so. Okay, go for it. Um, well, I, there are, like, baby videos of me playing games on my, like, parents' Apple old computer when i was like two or three years old there's games of me playing videos of me playing this game called lenny's amazing circus um as well as there's another game where i'm like dragging and dropping animals onto a scene i think i like put a cow in a tree as like a big meme then my mom's like that's not where the cow goes and i'm like yeah it is she's like (laughs) no where does it go and then i put in the right place and then i you know i was a troll from birth i guess um (laughs) But yeah, so I, I guess I think games have always been like really appealing to me because I really like solving things and like figuring things out and challenging myself. And I think video games are a really easy way to do that without needing like anything else. Like all you need is the video game and potentially no other people if you're not playing a multiplayer game and you can get a really satisfying like situation challenge out of it that you can't really get just by like sitting and doing nothing. Right. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's interesting you just said that because I didn't remember this until you said it, but um, when I was young as well, I got to think I was one or two years old. Uh, there's definitely a lot of pictures. I'm not sure if there's videos. I wasn't necessarily playing, but I was more like just sitting with my dad while he played. I think it was Sonic 2. Um, oh, shit. That's, and, a, that's cool. Yeah, I which is really funny because my, my, my dad... I, doesn't play video games really. He always thought the car games were really cool. He's really into racing and stuff, but like, it's not like, uh, I, it's funny that that's a thing that I, that that happened because I wouldn't classify my dad as a gamer, at least not yet. I'm trying to convince him like, you know, especially right now with all the, you know, everyone's trying to stay away from each other. This is a great time to be a gamer. <laughs> um, so anyway, I started, I, I guess maybe there's, interestingly enough, Sonic 2 also, like, you know, you're fast, you're Sonic, you're moving around quickly, and all the games that I think I really enjoy have this, I, 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 they don't have, I guess, let's start there, like you were saying, you like solving puzzles and stuff, um, I think we've talked about several times how those kinds of games, those kind of puzzle games, sort of the, the things that I classify more as, like, cerebral, if you will, like, you, you really gotta think a little bit to solve them, I, I generally enjoy less, then yeah i sorry and i think i was trying to say that i just wanted to feel challenged not necessarily that it had to be a puzzle game gotcha okay well and and that's fair and i i think there's to a certain extent i don't even necessarily need to feel challenged i just need to feel 
like um, that that kind of enjoyable visceral like movement I, games with a lot of like enjoyable momentum for lack of a better term have always been enjoyable I think like when I was younger Spyro Crash Bandicoot uh, those games like the movement of them I, I at the time felt was done well it was satisfying to run around that later evolved into um, uh, I'm sorry Halo and Rocket League now, whatever, all of these kind of, like, main games that I've liked have, seem to have this, like, I don't know, mo- enjoyable movement, enjoyable sort of, like, visceral experience to them. Um, and sure. I wouldn't say a ton of, like, cerebral, like, puzzle-challenging kind of things. At least th- those are some general elements I can identify right away. Cool. Yeah, so... That's really interesting because actually, like, my parents never really played games. Like, my mom played, like, Centipede and shit when she was a kid, but never, never, like, in the house. I really don't think it was my parents who introduced me to them. Granted, they had a computer and probably, like, got me them because maybe they knew I would like it because I always liked, like, you know, puzzly things in games that weren't on the computer. So maybe that's why they did it. But yeah, I didn't have, like, actually, like, I think, I don't really think I saw anyone playing video games before I played video games. Interesting. Yeah, because I, yeah. I know a lot of people nowadays, like especially who are younger than us, that's like their experience, right? Like they grew up with their parents playing games or at least dabbling True. in them. True, and that's That'll not be my kids, that I have example. at all. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, I definitely found out about games through my friends. Um, even though, like I said, that Sonic Two thing, I um, I I wouldn't. I the, we started buying consoles like the PlayStation One, um, and actually before that, we technically I would say got into games through Pokemon with uh, yep. the Game Boy and the card game. I think that was really our first like breaking into the game space, uh, at least in our family. And then um, so through friends for me, yeah, yeah, I. I got, I had an original Game Boy and like I had Pokemon on it, but I had other games before I had Pokemon on it. I think it was probably just, you know, the logical progression for me playing these computer games because I actually originally started out playing almost exclusively computer games even then until I got this original Game Boy, like up until I was like probably like five or six, I guess, which is when I got the original Game Boy, I'm guessing. Um, I was playing like Freddy the Fish, Putt Putt the Car, uh, <laughs> Math Blaster, uh, <laughs> It, I played the shit out of the backyard sports games. Oh yeah, backyard baseball. Ba- yeah, Pablo Sanchez. Yes, Pablo was where that. I can't remember the other guy's name, but yeah, Pete the, Wheeler. I remember that Pete, kid. Yep. Uh, Pete Wheeler. I don't know if I remember any others. I think backyard soccer and backyard football were the two that I liked the most. Um, oh really? I played. I was the backyard shit out baseball. Interesting. I, yeah, I played all of them, but backyard baseball was like the first one, so I think it stuck with me. Yeah, um, I wish anyway, they would make a modern recreation of that for my kids. Anyway. That sorry, would be no. so sick. No, that would be so sick if they made a new one. Or even if they just, like, remastered the old ones. I would play that for sure. Yeah, I would too. Put it... I, I mean, if if you put it in VR and let me finally embody Pablo Sanchez, <laughs> oh I'm going to be okay with that, you know? That's... <laughs> yeah, that may be, take a little more effort, but yeah. I mean, I bet there's an audience for it. Like, all of the people our age now. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Okay, so at least those are some of the origin stories, but like, why do you think you maybe more on a meta level play these games? Right, why do you, and why do we play them now? Why have we continued to play them, right? Right. Into our adulthood. Um, well, one more note. I think they could totally remaster the backyard games as a mobile game, because those games like work fine, because they have very mi- minimal controls. Like, you could totally work those in a, as a mobile game. I agree, yep. All right, that's what will be coming out of Ko Koala Entertainment yeah. next. We canceling all of our existing projects. <laughs> We're remaking Humongous Entertainment. Soccer. Send us the rights. Yes, 
<laughs> uh, anyway, um, so like, yeah, growing up, I, like I said, I think this has just always been a thing for me that I like, like challenging myself, problem solving, and I've loved how video games accomplish that. And so like through my childhood and stuff, that's how I grew that. I also like, like, you know, friendly competition. I like, am a generally relatively competitive person. I like, you know, pitting brains against other people and video games are one way to do that. So I think that's another reason why I kept playing it. Um, yeah, that's like one big aspect for me. And I think that's probably some of an aspect for you as well. Yeah, um, I I definitely think those are some of the reasons. Although I would say I have really enjoyed diving into the worlds of these universes too. So that's true. You're like very deep into Halo, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm super. I'm big, huge Halo lore fan. But like, it was the, even like Pokemon when I was a kid was very interesting to me. Like, oh, there's these different kinds, and what are the advantages, and where did these come from? What are psychic Pokemon? They're weird. They're kind of cool. What are their origins? Like. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, uh, the story aspect of games is, is very interesting to me. Um, not necessarily, like I was saying with the example of like Crash and Spyro, those games didn't have uh, really much of a story, but um, other big games from my childhood were like Zelda, Ocarina of Time, right? Um, Final Fantasy VII, uh, those are a couple of the top big ones that come off the top of my head, and so like i don't know story and lore so from that perspective i wouldn't say there was a conscious desire to like escape reality or anything on my part um but i do think i have found that enjoyable throughout the years like i still do um the i'm gonna be honest it feels like it's been a longer time since i've played a good story game but we also all know that i've spent most of my time playing a handful of games recently so right um Anyway, I think this, the story there, I don't know, I, when, when you think about like, okay, I come home from work, I want to chill out, um, I want to relax, you know, m- movies or TV, you know, or maybe reading a book generally has, uh, doesn't catch my interest enough, um, and I don't know if maybe it's just that video games have more elements, there's the interactive element, there's music, like you don't get music in the book, for example, you do get some in the movie, but then... Yeah, I think uh, it's probably the interactivity that's the big thing. Yeah, so it's just not as engaging for me. It's uh, Ironically, more engaging, you would think, sounds like it'd be less relaxing. But like, if I want to just relax and chill out, I'd prefer to like play something than watch something. I'll fall asleep sure. watching something, right? So I, I think it's really interesting that you mentioned books, too, because... Uh, I what something that blew my mind was when you told me that there's a new Halo book coming out. You were super hyped for it and that you were gonna read it. And I've never like heard you talk about wanting to read like a fiction book ever. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. I don't generally read fiction books. I actually am struggling to remember the last non-Halo fiction book I read. It's got to probably be like Harry Potter in middle school or something. Sure, and that's amazing that like video games are actually leading you to reading more books. Like that's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's, it's funny that way, but it's true. That's true. Yeah, um, I was going to say that for me, I think it's interesting because for me growing up, like, the world wasn't that important to me. I was really about, like, the game and, like, optimizing the game and doing really well at it and, like, beating the mechanics and understanding how to play and, like, do it playing well. Um, right. It's only more recently that I've gotten really, like, attached to the stories of games. Actually... Maybe not that recently. I think it started in high school because that's when I played my first like major like AAA PC sort of game, not Nintendo game, whatever, which was Bioshock One. Okay. 
Um, that was like the first like real story ass game I played. And that's like what actually got me into being a PC gamer again. Cause I sort of was when I was really young. Then I moved to Nintendo consoles basically and Xbox. And then I pl- went back to being PC when I played Bioshock for the first time. Um, and ever since then, I've really cared about these like really cool story experiences, Bioshock games. Um, and even more recently, like up to like the walking simulator kind of games now really like interest me, like what remains of Edith Finch, Journey, um, these kinds of games, even like Little Inferno, which is not really a walking simulator. It's like a burn combinations of items in a fireplace game, but it's like very casual sort of feeling. And, um, but these games, which have these like deep underlying story elements really excite me. Um, Frog Fractions, dare I say more, uh, is another one that does that. Like, I don't know, now, like, the worlds and the, like, stories behind games do excite me. Even though I do read a lot of fiction books, so I get a lot of that there, and maybe that's why I didn't need that from video games, because I read a ton as a kid, so I was getting a lot of my, like, fictional world excitement from books, so maybe that's why it was more the, like, mechanical challenge that I liked getting out of games. Right. Yeah. You know, since we're still talking about it, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking to myself why universes like these universes would interest me i think all one big reason why they like a video game universe interests me more than um i don't know a a, another fictional universe maybe through a book or movie that i don't play a game of like corresponding game of is especially like in regards to halo it's as if i you know since you're the vessel since master chief is sort of like your vessel in this universe it's kind of like you are part of this universe right and so the book's like there's a there's a level of um, I don't know consequence to the stories like a direct consequence in in the books like what, whatever happens to Chief like indirectly sort of happens to you within this universe kind of a thing um, that might be a part of it I think another thing is that the video game worlds even as even the mo- the ones with the most depth are still inherently like less com- complex than real life right so there's just and, and there's you have that huge element of like control. Like you can even at worst case scenario, choose not to play a game. Um, you can't really choose not to play life, you know? Uh, well, I mean, I guess you kind of can't, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) so I, when I was talking again, like before about it's relaxing somehow, maybe there's, that's a part of it. Like it's somehow, at least for a time, uh, temporary amount of time, you check into like a less complicated world. Uh, where you can kind of not worry about stuff, right? Like, in Yeah, that's super interesting. Like, a lot of it is taken care of for you more of than what's taken care of in the real world. Right, and, and you're not... I guess your responsibilities within that world are much more limited, right? And Right, you know, and, you like, if you die, it's okay, because you, you probably come back. Right, technically nothing's, like, expected of you. Uh, so, I don't know. I, th- there could be an element of that in there. Maybe um, I am a person who sets a lot of expectations on myself so maybe it's a way of checking out of if you will strenuous um situation like you know moving from a part where it's like i have something to do i have something to do i have something to do okay well for 45 minutes i don't have to like in a sense do anything i can just yeah chill you know i think that's why like probably maybe an open world game like minecraft really appeals to you because there's like literally no expectations in that game. You make your own. You just choose what you want to do, and you do it. There's yeah. no like anyone telling you what to do at any time. Yeah, including in a sense myself. Like uh, right, 
I can't tell. At least you don't have to. Yes, I don't have to. So, um, anyway, I think, but now really cycling back to the elements you were talking about, competition and stuff, uh, those have become a thing much more so for me recently. Maybe it's just because when I was growing up, I didn't have access to online gaming because my dad was kind of hesitant of allowing us to kind of jump into that world. So it wasn't really until... And then in high school, I screwed around and didn't play a lot of games. So it wasn't until like really getting into college that I was really playing online multiplayer or stuff like that, right? So I see. Yeah, I was playing since like middle school when I was playing Warcraft three and stuff. Exactly. So I mean, like I would play campaigns and AI. I mean, there was competition in a sense with the game, but not with people. And right, that became much more of a thing. Uh, like in Halo five and then Rocket League, I very aggressively pursued achieving a rank or whatever in multiplayer. So um, anyway, that's, that's kind of become more of a thing now. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I think it's become more of a thing for most, for a lot of people now, right? Like with the advent of online games, competition has become huge. Esports are huge, you know, and I think that's one reason that a lot of people play games, right? Is because not only do you get these experiences we've described, but you could even potentially like make it your job. Right. Uh, and I think that actually motivates some people for why they like play specific games, maybe, or want to pursue one game very aggressively. Yeah. You know, I think there's oh. also an element for some people, um, just because I had this conversation with some like that it's a status thing. Like it, you're by achieving some rank in some game, you're somebody in a community, right? Like, hell yeah. You can go around the internet waving your, you know, champion badge everywhere or whatever. Right. Um, so humans love status and, and, you know, prominent status. <laughs> so maybe that's, a unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> fame and fortune are large motivating factors for a lot of people. Right. Um, anyway, so yeah. Yeah. It's super interesting. So I'm thinking like, great, this is, this is one big aspect of why people play games, but then let's talk about like maybe mobile games and the more casual game sphere. I think it's really interesting because a lot of people who like basically stopped or never played video games before, once mobile games started becoming a thing, like started playing games again and actually became like more engaged in those things than they were in the other forms of entertainment they already had in their life. Like my mom, for example, like didn't really play games for a really long time and then phones came out and Phone games came out, and now she's like she plays one of those like simple match three kind of games with like mm-hmm. power ups or whatever where you match stuff. She's on level like a thousand something. <laughs> like that game just has like an infinite number of levels, and she's on like level a thousand something, and yeah. it like blows my mind because my mom's like sixty. <laughs> no, I I I, I agree. Um, this is an interesting thing. We it, it yeah, stopping to break this down could be cool. I mean, one thing like in regards to your mom. Um, for using that, that game as an example, like one thing I, we talked about it before. I think the, the, uh, the insight around gaming venues is really uh, applicable here. Like those, I think there's a lot of kinds of people who, you know, growing up, even for me, I felt like until I was maybe in like late high school, I had the perception, at least within the circle of friends I was that like gamers were losers kind of a thing. Like you were a nerd, you're kind of a geek. It was sort of like looked down on to some extent. Right now it's totally like not the case, right? Like being a so gamer. You would have tried to beat me up in fifth grade when I went to Japan and went to the Pokemon store and got Pokemon cards from Japan and brought them back for my friends. Somebody tried to beat you up? 
No, I said you would have. Oh, no. I would. <laughs> not in fifth grade. I would have thought you were really cool. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. But it was like in between there during your like cool middle school phase. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I've said before, during high school, I basically, all of high school, I didn't play games of any sort. The only the only uh, exception was Halo 3, and it was really to like beat the campaign and play it a few times. And that's so interesting because like middle and high school were like when I played games the most by far. Well, and, and like I've kind of alluded to before, right, the crowd I was hanging out with, which the my goal was hang out with the cool kids, right? Like, sure. that crowd was sports, was like, uh, f- for some of them, it was like music, like kind of like the rock sure. and roll kind of thing. So that, it's also very much, um, those just were the, that was the group I was around. Maybe other groups were yeah. different, but... Um, yeah, gaming was not a cool thing. There was, I remember very vividly, there was one time we were at some kid's house. We went to stop by, uh, to get some stuff. I don't remember. And, um, they, his brother, I think, was playing Halo 3 multiplayer in the back, in the basement. And he, my friend, was like, oh, guys, let's just play a few games of Big Team Battle. And I didn't say anything, but internally I was like, this is so fucking cool. Finally, <laughs> like, we finally did a cool thing. Uh, so. Yeah, it was really, that's how it was for me. So, um. Interesting. So you may be like, even, it wasn't even that you wouldn't have liked it, but you were maybe suppressing your like of it because of how society or the people around you were viewing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm going to be honest, like, I was so, I was in hot pursuit of all of my goals at, in a, you know, at the time that I was working to obtain. So, like, I, 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 honestly, I don't think I spent a lot of conscious thought on, like, I've no, given sure. up gaming, but. But yes. un- subconsciously, right? Subconscious- like, as this moment implies that you just 110%. Like, I, afterwards, and it's not even just gaming. There's a lot of other, in a sense, personal values or personal things I like that I just threw out the window to morph into what I wanted to be. And, um, sure. Like, I, that, yeah. And it, that all kind of restarted, like I was saying, back in college. And Brittany, my wife, right, buying me Halo Reach. Halo Reach was coming out. The marketing kind of caught wind. And I was like, you know what? I don't really like games. I remember telling her, like, I don't really like games, but there's this one game that's, like, really <laughs> cool. It's Halo. <laughs> so, anyway, that's how that kind of was for me. So, take it from Anthony, kids. Being cool isn't all it's cut out to be. Oh, Do the things you love not. instead. It is definitely not cool. <laughs> yep. Being cool. cool is the least cool thing you can do. It's very overrated, in my opinion. <laughs> Party stuff, um, man. I'm boring as shit. Hell. <laughs> you're right. Unless you're playing Smash Bros. at them or something. Yeah. Or what was the other day I was watching a t- Twitch day. It was 4v4. They were playing Chaos Rocket League all drunk. It was really Hell funny. yeah. That, that sounds really awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. But anyway, that's cool. I um, Yeah, so talking about going back into this mobile game conversation, because I, I, I am really interested in, like, what, why do you think... So you were saying, so do you think oh, this is yeah, what happened sure, to a lot of these... No, no, no. I think you're, you're... I don't think it was really a tangent. I think that story, like, provides some insight here, right? Because is that the reason a lot of these people got back into games? Because they just, like... There's this societal pressure against playing games and this view of people who play games that they're, like, lesser or, like, you know, whatever the classic perception of a nerd is, right? Did these people just not play games because of that? And then when it became more mainstream and more accepted through mobile gaming, these people were like, oh... I really like this thing, and I just wasn't doing it because I was trying to be quote-unquote cool, and now I can do it, and I can actually like really enjoy it again? So I, I think so. I think it's that societal perception on in, in tandem with mobile games um, had a really low point of entry for people. Like, you already wanted a smartphone, 
And then the games were either free or a dollar. Up to that point, I feel like to get into PC gaming or to console gaming was a significant investment and was not something you did passingly. Like, if you you had the societal pressure of, like, potentially, you know, peer pressure of not wanting to be a gamer to not be perceived that way. And then on, on top of that, it wasn't easy. Like, you had, there was several hundreds dollars worth of stuff you needed to get to jump into that space. Um, and so. You know, that's totally true because if, as a kid, I went to an arcade with my parents, like, my mom would totally, like, play Centipede or Pac-Man or something while we were there. But then at home, they wouldn't really engage with games with me. And I think it's because they were, like, the games I was playing were relatively complicated and they didn't really want to have to, like, meet that barrier of entry but then when these mobile games came with this low barrier of entry then my mom could engage in them again because it's just like oh this is like as simple as pac-man or centipede i can just play it and i don't have to like learn this entire universe or right or this entire like set of mechanics absolutely and on top of that i think things that mobile games do really good is even with their limited uh bandwidth and like feature set if you will comparatively to like a console or desktop game they do a really good job of making you feel like you're progressing in some way. Like you're, like your mom's at level a thousand. I'm sure that game is full of mechanics that make her feel like she's improving and getting better scores and whatever. Like idle and incremental games are a whole thing around this, right? Like a whole. Zub- Unfortunately, it also encourages her to pay money because it like stops her from be- like some levels are like basically impossible unless you get lucky without paying. But she's like never paid money anyway, and she just like beats the levels anyway, which is hilarious to me. And I'm like, yes, you go. Don't no, let them right. convince you to pay- give them money. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. And like on one hand, I think well. You know, for if a if a development studio really wants to make a living off of uh, a, this kind of genre of games, you have to kind of find some way of monetization. And it's tough, and some I think are predatory for sure. Some I think are just like it's sort of uh, how much can you do? Slightly the less genre? predatory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, like for example, the mo- mobile game I've spent the most time in is Clash of Clans. I felt that up to like level seventy, you have like experience levels up to like level seventy relative to where my base and stuff was at, I thought it was, you could easily not pay anything. And I didn't pay anything up to that point. After that, if you wanted to like keep all of your stuff like fully upgraded and whatever, I felt like the game had reached a point where it was strongly incentivizing you to spend money. Um, well, yeah, these games like take so much advantage of the sunken cost fallacy, right? Um, sunk, the cost being time in this case, right? People yeah, commit their time to these games. They get to a specific point, whatever the developer decides. And that's when they like, ramp it up just enough that you really have to start sp- spending money to stay competitive or stay on track. And you're already sunken so much time into the game that it's hard for a lot of people to justify not just spending the money at that point, And then they spend more and more and boom. <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, and uh, yeah, the last thing to touch on again, I still feel like that taking advantage of the venue, you know, people y- y- like, it'll be interesting, I think to see how, you know, now we're starting with xCloud, Google Stadia, and stuff like that. Though it, it's like I'm part of the preview program. It's awesome to play Halo on my phone, but like I don't want to play Halo on my phone. If that makes sense, right. like I want to play right. it on my my like, desktop or my console. So I wonder how. I think right now it's more of like, isn't this cool? We can do it, kind of a thing. But I think for people still, developers should still be cognizant of the fact that. Uh, the, the venues, right, that people are are expecting and 
I maybe even like desiring different levels of experiences in different venues. If you're on the bus, like for 10 minutes on your way to school or something, you're not sitting down for like a couple hours gaming session on your Xbox, right? Like, to play the Halo campaign on your phone or some yeah. shit. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, you've talked about before on like with the Wii U, there were some games that like took advantage of like the different form factor of the Wii yeah. U and stuff. Maybe developers can get creative in that sense. Like, hey, if a player's playing on mobile, there's a certain element of the experiment experience that's available, but other parts are limited, blah, blah, blah. And like, they kind of flow into each other. I'm not sure. Sure. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what would be really cool, right, is to make some sort of like, I think there was this game called Dust three one there's some number it was like made by the eve online developers i think and basically it was going to take place on the planets in eve online where you can't normally go but there was going to be like some sort of like battlefield-esque first person shooter going on on those planets that people in the like space version of the game could interact with which is only on pc but then the people playing dust would be on like console and be interacting with it from there playing this like other meta game within it so some sort of like large-scale asymmetric experience right where like the console players are doing one part one thing like the like the first person shooter part of the game the pc players are doing like more of the like macro like management like rts or something style part of the game and then like the mobile players are doing some like idle incremental sort of game or something yep like that all contribute to the exact same experience and the exact same game yep that would be crazy i i think that's so gonna be the future right like i I think you're nailing what i think the future of some of these huge experiences like, you see these, like, open-world games right now, but, like, how do you push that farther? It's like, well, if the people who are wearing the augmented reality glasses, you know, can do certain things in the real world, go to certain points, unlock certain things for the clan, and then the guys on console are doing the other thing, and the desktop dudes are actually fighting the raid, or whatever the heck. Like, I think there's a whole other topic we could get into, is, like, why does that sound exciting to us, right? Like, why right. do humans hear that and think like oh that would be cool what are the things about that that make it interesting but i do well, think it's because you could be in this one world right and have all of these different types of experiences in that same world and i right? think like all of these experiences exist individually but they're yeah. not all tied into the exact same thing right but yeah and i think really importantly with other people yes like, totally I, which I is think, super important yeah i think that's the that's the real interesting also uh caveat there like or not caveat element there like pokemon go comes to mind right yes like pokemon go is cool but when they added gyms and stuff and places like in a sense you could interact with other people it's been a while since i played pokemon go so i'm not sure exactly where the game's at but you get the idea like once once you add that like shared world interaction um i feel like the experience really goes to that's, yeah yeah that's what i'm goes saying to a new yeah, level. for sure um, I also think it's very interesting that you bring this up because in my perception in the past two years, most, well, some of the largest board games that have come out, the most popular ones, um, games like Root, Pax Pamir, games like this, there's a lot of others, Vast, the Crystal Mansion, something. Um, these games are all games that are extremely asymmetric, where each player is essentially like a completely different role. And I think this is something that's becoming more and more appealing to people in these experiences. Like people don't no longer want to just like, be this homogenous thing they want to be their own character like they want their own role that only they can do and that like empowers people so much in these experiences uh, yeah it's true i think i think that's accurate um anyway i think that that's a great topic and maybe we can talk about it again sometime especially if people have questions um about what what or yeah. their own share want to share their own experiences where can people do that for us 
Yeah. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, koala underscore ENT. Uh, you can check out our website, koalaentertainment.com, which has links to all our social media. And also, really importantly, to our Discord this week. Actually, literally today when we're recording it, we launched what's really the first step on an, uh, vast, uh, on a long journey of a lot of exciting I guess technically the second features. step, but yes. True, technically the second step. Um, the first, like, functionality maybe, yeah, I guess come, you could you say, can first Do play a game in our Discord. That's what it is. Go do it. And the game's going to get way cooler <laughs> as time yep. goes. Uh, get in there. So, yeah, there's a link to our Discord uh, on our website. Uh, come talk to us. There's also a podcast discussion channel in there. So jump in there. That's, I think, the preferred place that where most of our community likes to interact uh, around the podcast and talk to us and let us know your thoughts, uh, like Skylar was saying. Cool. Yeah, and thanks for listening. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and hope you guys joined the Discord because we, we are on there literally constantly. So if you want to talk to us, we're there. There's tons of people there. There's like 300 people in it now. So... Yeah, 300, 350. Yeah, get in there. there. Join. Come chit-chat with the community. They're actually cool There's a lot of cool people in there, <laughs> so yeah. Far. Yeah. All right, good All stuff. Right. We will see you guys next Thanks time. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Bye.